We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. We're part of the Blue Wire Network. I'm Ricky O'Donnell. As always, I'm here with Jason Pat and Jason. The Bulls kind of stink right now. Bulls lose to the New Orleans Pelicans last night, 124 to 110. I believe the Bulls have now lost four of their last five. Uh, the record overall is six and nine, and it's not very nice, Jason. No. This team is, uh, they're going the wrong way. And the thing I was most impressed with the Bulls over the start of the season is just that they were in every game up until the last two when they were basically ran out of the gym before the fourth quarter started. So it's tough to talk yourself into this team still being uh, super competitive. At the same time, we knew this was going to be the tough part of the schedule. We knew the Bulls just had to tread water. I think the game against the Pelicans last night was really, really disappointing for so many reasons. The Pelicans didn't have Zion. The Bulls were coming off uh, a week's worth of rest. They played one game in the last week, basically. And the Pelicans were coming off a back-to-back. You could think New Orleans was going to be set for an emotional letdown. But Trey Murphy and the rest of the Pelican shooters wouldn't let it happen. New Orleans was lighting it up from three. Some really bad defense defending the arc from the Bulls, specifically by their two-star players, Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan. And coming out of the halftime locker room, the Bulls got torched with a 9-0 run. And from there, the game was pretty much over. So that was a, a major bummer of a loss. I thought the game before that against the Nuggets was the worst Bulls performance of the year. Bulls got uh, run out of the gym by the Nuggets in that game, 126 to 103, they lose. So right now, if the playoffs were to begin today, Jace, the Bulls would not be in the postseason. They would be outside of the playing tournament. 
they'd be outside of the playoffs, obviously. So the Bulls back in the lottery, that's not where they wanted to be when they traded a top four protected draft pick for Nikola Vucevic in 2023. Of course, they also traded Wendell Carter Jr. in the number eight overall pick in the 2021 draft that turned into Franz Wagner. And it's not where they wanted to be when they traded a top eight protected first round pick for DeMar DeRozan. So, Jace, we've spent the majority of the podcast since the preseason started trying to be optimistic, trying to talk ourselves into it. Uh, And there's still a chance the Bulls can win 45, 46 games. There's no doubt there's still a chance that can happen. But, man, their margin for error is about to get really tight. And this team just needs to put together a couple feel-good wins right now in the worst way because with a West Coast road trip looming, Jason, it does feel like the wheels could fall off of this thing pretty quickly. Yeah, I mean, so like a week ago, our podcast was, you know, the Bulls are pretty good. Like, they're decent. And was that was that done before the first Pelicans game? I can't even remember now at this point. I get, I get these all mixed up. But, like, we're like, they're a decent team. They're competitive in almost every game. As you mentioned, they had only been blown out one time uh, before uh, these last couple games. They lost that close game to the Pelicans. Like, all right, whatever. Like, Pelicans are a pretty good team. Bulls have been struggling to close a tough game or close close games. They've been haven't they haven't won a close game yet this season in any clutch time situations. And then these last few games have just made it made this whole thing feel so much worse. Uh, just yet yeah, not competitive. I mean, they were totally outclassed by the Nuggets o- over the weekend. Uh, Nicole Jokic just had had his way with him. I think he had 12 assists in the first half. Michael Porter Jr. had his best game of the year. I think he had 30 points and just raining three-pointers. Uh, totally outclassed. And that was after, what, three days of rest? They were off Thursday. They were off Friday. They were off Saturday. Three days of rest and get absolutely punked. The Nuggets, again, Nuggets are very good. The Nuggets have a two-time reigning MVP. They're a team that, if they are healthy going into the playoffs, will probably be one of the contenders. But you're on your home court after all that rest, and you get absolutely punked like that. And then last night's game against the Pelicans, it's like Pelicans played a tough game the night before against Memphis, a tough Memphis team. They win that game. You play, they get a second of a back to back without Zion Williams and no Zion. So it's like the Bulls, you got to take advantage of this rest, rest situation was again, the Bulls that had a couple nights off as well. And then they get blown out too. They, again, they fall behind and we'll talk about this a bit in a second. They fall behind again. again the starting lineup is com- getting fucking obliterated almost every night. Bench c- pulls them back. Uh, the rest of the f- second quarter was mostly competitive. And then that third quarter, as you mentioned, three straight threes right off the bat. Boom, boom, boom. And then the, basically the game is over. From five-point deficit to 14-point deficit, I don't think it ever got to single digits again. Uh, and it got to as big as like 25 or 26. You mentioned the terrible three-point shooting defense. I'm pretty sure the Pelicans at one point ran the same play multiple times for Devontae Graham, wide open threes. And it's just like, what are you guys even doing here? What is what, what is going on with this defense? Uh, just a ho- two horrible, horrible, no good games back to back, and just like there's whatever. It's still early. They're they're six and nine. They ha- they have been competitive in most of these games, but uh, then you just you watch those couple games and you look at some of the other underlying stats, especially with that starting lineup. It's been awful. Their offensive rating is bottom ten in the league. Uh, their defense, you do wonder if it's a bit of a paper tiger. Uh, and you just kind of, it's like the bench is basically propping, had been propping this team up to be okay, decent. Like I said, they had been decent at this point. Um, like if the bench ever falls off, 
like then they might be completely fucked and you do wonder so into taking this to like the starting lineup thing like this is a big talking point i mean i was tweeting about it i had a lot of people in my mentions talking about this like should billy donovan change up the starting lineup does that even matter uh we know there are structural issues and roster construction issues with this team cody wesselin had a good tweet about just kind of the issues looking at last night's game the three-point lack of three-point shooting lack of overall athleticism although the bulls have some athletes across the roster but lack of defense with the star players not defending um should the bulls change the starting lineup what would you do if that answer is yes and do you think it would matter it matters at all or do you think the problems this roster construction is just too much for it to matter yeah it's hard to see a quick fix on the roster right like we spent most of the preseason saying that Javante should start over Pat. Well, the supposed leap that Javante showed in the preseason hasn't really translated to the regular season. Uh, I guess you could go small, play DeMar at the four, get Caruso in the mix. And Caruso really plays like a power forward anyway. Problem with that is Caruso just can't control the ball whatsoever. Right now, he's the second highest turnover rate in the NBA, only behind Steven Adams. The dude's turnover rate is 26.6%. And if you have trouble contextualizing that stat, anything above like 11 or 12 is bad. Like you want to be like under 10. DeMar typically is a high usage ball handler who can be under a 10% turnover rate. Uh, Because he doesn't turn the ball over very much. And Alex Caruso at 26.5%, just completely pathetic. So I don't really see what the quick fix move would be. Um, To me, I think the team needs to try to run more. Uh, that's an obvious thing because this iteration of the Bulls has always been better when they've been running. NBA offense in general is more efficient when teams get out on the break versus trying to score against a half de- a set defense in the half court. So that would be one fix. And I would also like to see a little bit more of an egalitarian offense. I think that when the Bulls really get bogged down, take the Nuggets game in particular. I thought that the offense sort of cratered because DeRozan was unable to bully Aaron Gordon in that game. Like uh, the way that DeRozan can usually like get to his spots, draw fouls, uh, you know, just like get shot creation opportunities that are relatively efficient looks. He couldn't do that against Aaron Gordon, who's too big, too strong, too quick for him. And I think that the Bulls really need to tap into IO and Pat a little bit more. Now, those guys, obviously, uh haven't truly taken a full leap this year i was taking a little leap pat still like totally a mixed bag what you're going to get out of him every game you know is he going to score in double figures on a nightly basis at this point no but i think that like the best thing the bulls can do is to try to play a little bit less through demar and a little bit less through vooch and try to go with more of an egalitarian offense so that's just kind of what I've thought watching the last couple games. Uh, it's tough, though, because as we've been saying all year, the Bulls don't have a lot of shooting. Will wrote a pretty good column today at CHGO saying that the Bulls run into a math problem on a game-to-game basis, which is true. And it just feels like the margin for error with this team is really, really thin right now. Like They need Drogic and Drummond to be carrying them on a night-to-night basis. For the second year in a row, I think you tweeted this yesterday, Jace. 
The DeRozan Vucevic Levine combo is a negative in terms of their net rating. Last it's very year, negative. Up from last year, last year they played twelve hundred minutes together and were minus one point one. Uh, that's really not what you want to see I mean, from you know the big three when you gave up all these assets to get those guys. They're even worse this year. I don't oh, know it's like minus that. fourteen this year. Yeah, minus fourteen Horrible. or fifteen. Yeah. So the big three is not complementing each other very well, even though Vooch is like playing pretty well. Like their individual numbers all look all right. It's just like not working together at all. And DeRozan is just not as good this year. Like I think he averaged 28 a game last year. This year his scoring is a little bit more efficient even, but he's down to 24 a game. Okay, Zach's scoring has also dropped a little bit. And then you got Vooch. Vooch is having like a pretty good year. I think Vooch's overall scoring numbers have dropped a bit too. So, you know, problem with the Bulls right now, their offense just stinks. Their (laughs) offense stinks because their three stars, for whatever reason, can't really find any synergy together. And at the moment, they're 21st in offensive rating, 11th in defensive rating. They were fifth in defensive rating two games ago. We knew that that was going to be a paper tiger. There's no way the Bulls are going to be a top five defense, especially without Lonzo. And that crash has come, and it has been very painful to this point. So uh, I think my big picture takeaway on the Bulls right now, though, Jay, is just to like change the subject a little bit, is that I don't think there's any one scapegoat on the roster. I think like... Part of the fan base often wants to point to Vooch as being the scapegoat. I think the Vooch trade is one of the reasons the Bulls are in a really bad position. And it's the reason why they can't tank right now, because they owe a top four protected pick to the Magic this year. You don't want to trade all your assets, try to tank down to the bottom, and then you end up giving away the fifth or sixth pick in the draft. Like That would just be a total disaster. Uh, so the Vooch trade has been bad, but Vooch has been decent this year. I mean, he's hitting 39% of his threes. He's rebounding real well. I think he's mostly been pretty good, but they overpaid to get him. So scapegoat shouldn't be Vooch. People are going to want to pin it on Levine too, because he just got the max deal. He's not healthy. He's in and out of the lineup at best. He's like 80% of himself right now. Uh, but you know, Levine is still their best trade asset long-term. He's the one guy in the roster. You can definitely get something for, I think, I mean, we'll see, you know, how his health holds up, what the long-term viability of his knee looks like, but, uh, certainly like, it's not Zach Levine's fault that the bulls have lost the last couple games that they're six and nine. It's not DeMar's fault, even though DeMar, you know, he's slipping a little bit, I think from where he was at last year. Last year was just a truly amazing season, second team all NBA. It's hard to see DeMar getting second, you know, making an all NBA team this year. I've also been noticing DeMar's defense more and more this year and not in a good way. His yeah. defense is atrocious in terms of guarding away from the ball. I mean, whenever a team is getting an open a wide open 3 and you don't see like the defense scrambling from deep penetration. It's usually because DeMar is just like not close enough to his man. That was the case against the Pelicans last night when Trey Murphy and Herb Jones and some others were just bombing threes. Uh, Really the one scapegoat is Jerry Reinsdorf, who is the constant (laughs) throughout everything, all of the Bulls problems over the last few decades. So uh, I don't think there's a scapegoat on the roster. And yeah, right now, dude, vibes are in the toilet. Yeah. So addressing just kind of all of this in terms of the starting lineup stuff, you talk about playing faster. That's why I would not be surprised if Billy goes to Goran Dragic to start 
uh, whether that's tomorrow, whether that's whatever. Io's like individual numbers are fine. They're a little bit better than last year. He has taken his shooting has fallen off a bit. And like la- I feel like the last couple games, he just like hasn't really done anything. He hasn't been there. Uh, I feel like when Dragic comes in, you can always like the pushing of the pace that he's always trying to do. You can kind of there is often just a vibe shift when though like some of those second unit guys come in. So that's why I'm curious to see if maybe Billy tries that out and goes to him over Io. If he goes to Javante over Pat, just like just to shake things up. Uh, I don't know. Like I said, I don't know if he's actually definitely going to do it, but I think it's something that you have to consider at this point, given just how poorly the starting lineup keeps playing and keeps getting this holes. The, obviously, the drawback to there is like that that second unit has been so good. Are you going to mess right, that? I was just going to say that. Uh, but then, like, I guess you would hope that Io and Pat would at least be good enough to also take advantage of second units so that you wouldn't drop off too much there. And that if you're not getting off to horrible starts, the question of course is, is Dragic going to be as effective against starting units? I mean, ultimately the problem I think is just that the Bulls best player, all these, their best guys just aren't good enough compared to a lot of these other good teams, best guys right now. And that's when it comes down to, we talk about those three, their big three together has been awful. So like, no, I mean, whatever, whoever is around them, like, uh, those three should not those three should not be that bad together on the court. And that's uh that is a problem. Uh it's obviously something we had been concerned about. Uh when you're putting that it's you put we talk about them being like three or whatever offense first guys. Their offensive rating when they're on the court together just stinks. And that's what we, we come back and the offense is bad. The defense has been off the last couple of nights. I think we don't think it's as good as it the stats say right now. They've they've struggled giving up threes all season, but uh, the off you just come back into the offense, and there's so much wrong with the offense. Um, between whatever the three point shooting is bad, their offensive rebounding is not good. They turn the ball over way too much. Uh, so yeah, they sometimes devolve too much into ISO ball and stuff like that. They still have times where just Pat is or standing in the corner. Uh, and I like I said, I was kind of taking a backseat in recent games, and he's got, these guys just kind of struggling. So you just kind of wonder where they turn here as they continue as they as they struggle and with the schedule just not relenting they they got a must I don't want to call it a November mid November game must win but they play the Magic tomorrow night I'll be in the building uh, as a fan for that one uh, you got to win that game against a bad Magic team that is missing like half their roster we'll see if Paulo Bancaro plays uh, he missed yeah. the last game he is he out for sure. I believe that uh, he's listed as out on their injury report. All right, yeah. I know we missed last game. I wasn't sure about tomorrow. And, like, Wendell, I don't think Wendell, I think, missed last game. I'd, I should look at the injury report. But, like, they're missing half their roster, basically. You can't lose this game at home to a bad Magic team that's missing, like, all their guys. Like, you can't let Bull Bull. I guess they still have Franz Wagner. But, like, you can't let Bull Bull come out and beat you. I think he had, like, 26 the other night against the Timberwolves. But you can't lose this game because then you got Boston. You got Milwaukee. You got Thunder. and Sh- Thunder, our 500 team, Shea Gillis-Alexander, is, like, a top-10 player right now. And then you got – you go out, you go west. You play Utah. And I know Utah slumped a bit lately, but they've been really good. Phoenix, one of the best teams in the west. So, like, closing out November here, like, you, you, you're looking like one game where you're, like, feeling about good about the Bulls winning. And that's – and that is – the one tomorrow against the Magic, and then again at Oklahoma City, they've had some weird games there lately. Shea is playing off awesome. Like I, I can't pencil that in as as a win for the Bulls right now. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, vibe's not good. And if you're looking at like big picture or whatever, like scapegoating, I mean, if anything, (laughs) a lot of people in my mentions are calling for Billy Donovan's head. Uh, And that's natural when teams struggle like this. And you you think if you think you have more talent and like, I mean, theoretically, the Bulls do have more talent than they should like their their record should be better than it is. But like, it's just not fitting together. Well, it's flawed. We know that they're missing important pieces. So like, how much can you really put on Billy Donovan right now? Like how much is how much firing Billy Donovan right now do? I'm pretty skeptical. I feel like Billy has tried things. He has not tried changing the starting lineup, which is why I would do wonder if that's kind of going to be his like panic button is changing the starting lineup. But like, I guess to ask you, like, I mean, are you firing Billy Donovan? Do you think that's a solution here at all? Like, like maybe I, I could see him at the end of the season, maybe, or if this goes like really, really bad, maybe they turn to that. But like, I think we both agree that Billy's not like some top of the line head coach. He's there's like, you have your best, best head coaches. Then there's like a big flotsam in the middle of like standard run of the mill NBA head coaches. And then you got total bums like Jim Boylan was. He figured Billy's just kind of in that middle somewhere. And like, like is firing him and getting some other guy going to really make that much of a difference? I, I don't know. I mean, maybe they do think they need like a vibe shift and Billy's not getting through them anymore. I don't know. I'm not at that point yet where I think they need to fire Billy Donovan. Where are you at? I just think who cares? Like if they fired him, I would be fine with it. If they keep him, I'm going to be fine with it. Yeah. Uh, Basically took the words out of my mouth where I think that Donovan's one of these coaches who isn't going to win you many games. And he's probably not going to lose you many games. If you wanted to make a case for firing him, I would say just the fact that DeMar, Zach and Vooch can't really get going together would probably be the biggest reason why, you know, you would try to change coaches the fact that uh, Pat's development hasn't really come as expected would maybe be another reason to let him go. But ultimately, I don't think it's Billy's fault. I don't think Billy should be the scapegoat either. In terms of Drogic to the starting lineup, like that would be the most obvious move they could make. Bench Io, bring in Drogic. Uh, I just wonder, like, as you alluded to, so the one thing keeping him afloat has been Drogic going against bench yeah. units. And if they bring him against starters, like now suddenly his bad defense is going to be more under a microscope. They're breaking up that sort of Zach in the bench lineup, which has been helping keep him in games. So I understand the desire to want to make a lineup change. I just really don't know what it is. Like maybe it's Caruso to the starting lineup instead of Pat, but uh, whatever they would do, I just don't think it's going to be a magic fix. Right. I just think the if the if you the answer you're looking for is they need to push the pace more. Dragic is the guy, that, and you get him and try and get, get out there and push pace. Like again, would would that be as effective against starting other teams opposing starting lineups? Probably not. I mean, obviously not as much as it is right now against opposing bench units. But like if if you think this a solu- a possible solution is they got to get out and run more, 
Dragic has to play more, which is crazy because I remember us talking before. The, I mean, we obviously ripped ripped the signing when it happened, and we're like, if you're playing, and Dragic had that comment about like wanting to play or being told he'd play 20 to 25 minutes. I was like, if you're playing him that much, like you're screwed, which I mean, maybe the bulls are just screwed right now, but like right now, like they've been limiting him to like 15 to 17 minutes. I think and he's starting to, he's starting to play a bit more now. Uh, Cause I think with some of these other struggles and that bench unit has been so good, but like I said, if that's, I think if that's your solution running more, it's either IO has got to start doing it more. It's just funny because IO can do it. We've seen him get out and run. We see him attack uh attack and transition sometimes so it just seems like it's not happening enough or maybe this is just a problem with the big three guys uh and they're just not doing it enough because if they're out there with Dragic maybe he's neutered a bit more as well and his pushing of the pace isn't going to happen as much so like I don't know I mean ultimately it could just be end up be a problem of the top guys on this team and it's something we have been concerned about we have talked about possibly. We talked about possibly breaking it up this offseason. They did not. They wanted to do the continuity thing. Continuity thing is not working, at least not without Lonzo Ball out there. Uh, so, like, like I don't know if we need to get it. We still need yet. Uh, I don't think we need to panic yet and start looking at like, like whatever blowing the, this thing up or like trading one of these main guys. But I mean, down if this keeps going this way down the road, like maybe you do have you to can't start really blow it up though because their pick right. is out to Magic. Yeah. So their hands are just totally tied. I feel like when the Bulls built this team, they thought that this team would take them through the end of next season, through the 23-24 season. And then they would reassess because that's when DeMar's contract ends. Obviously, they have to figure out what they're going to do with Vooch after this offseason. Does he come back? We've been talking about that on the podcast, you know, for months as well. But they're in a pretty bad spot, objectively. I mean, they're upside is probably 47 48 wins maybe maybe winning a series in the playoffs but even that is like obviously a major major stretch and there's no mark there's like no margin for error here like we need, no need margin lonzo back they absolutely need lonzo back for the, to have that happen uh they can't have like any Made. I mean, I guess that's the case for a lot of teams. If you're missing your top guys in the playoffs, you're probably fucked unless you have another superstar there to carry you. And even then, that doesn't always happen. But uh, the margin for error here is obviously even much smaller, given the structural issues and the fact that they do not have a top 10 superstar on their team. Uh, and it's just some of the other structural issues and construction issues with the lack of shooting. Like three point shooting can be a great equalizer and the Bulls just don't have that. Uh, you, t- you talk about the math problem. Uh, they just don't have the, that consistent amount of shooting. Like they'll they'll have occasional games where they they go off. Zach has a big game, and some of the other guys maybe knock in some threes. But uh, over the course of a long season, that consistent high volume three point shooting is not there, uh, and that hurts when you're trying to come back in games. Uh, that hurts if you're, I mean if you are like at a talent overall top level talent deficit, but you don't have the shooting to sometimes make up for that. That hurts you there. So mar- small margin for error there. And you talk about like what they thought this team would be. And I, I, we had talked, we were talking about this in a group DM before. It's like, and we've talked about this on this pod before. It's like they wanted to, they, whatever. I think I, I can applaud them for trying to go from, I mean, worst team in the league for four years to being a respectable competitive team, playoff team uh, that gets whatever makes the playoffs. And then you try to go from there. And it seems like that's probably what their goal was with making the playoffs important, get that extra playoff revenue and stuff like that it's just a matter of where do you go from when you're just a normal playoff team to an elite team that can actually contend 
Uh, I guess the problem now is though with the, with the Lonzo injury and all that stuff, the Bulls might not even get to that level, which is obviously just a huge problem and would lead you to possibly blowing it up in the next year or two. I said, I don't want to go there just yet. Uh, it is just that the, the it's uh, so much has gone wrong uh, almost since that Vooch trade uh, was that first season. They, whatever Zach gets COVID, they don't even make the play in that year. And they give, a, they give up a prime draft pick brutal. Then they make the big moves. You have the big start to the last season, but and then you've totally fall apart. You get because of the key injuries, and then the key injuries keep coming to the season. And now, maybe they'll fall apart again. And again, maybe they won't even be another playoff team. And if that does happen, I think they probably will look to start making big changes again. But they're obviously out some draft picks still. How do you turn this, flip it around into something good again? Do they actually look to blow it up? I don't know. That's all stuff we talk about down the line. But uh, a lot of this outside of like those last first two months of last season has gone very, very poorly. So Jace, like they do still have a chance to win 46 games. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't think they're you like, know what? if they do that, if they can win 46 games, three years in a row, I would think, all right, this route was fine that they took. Like, uh, Maybe it didn't give them much or any championship equity in terms of building the team towards winning a title. But of course, as we've always mentioned, you know, the the goal would be to try to get another star to come here uh, to see what the Bulls are building and view the Bulls as a team on their eyes. But as you mentioned, very small margin for error between the Bulls being viewed as a team on the rise in terms of, you know, top six seed in the East or a team that either has to go through the playing tournament or misses the playoffs altogether. But I'm going to keep saying it. We knew this would be the hard part of the schedule, man. They got to get through this road trip where they're not in a huge hole and looking at the road trip. Like they got the, the Kings on that. The Kings got the second best offense in the league. Now they've already talked about the thunder being a sneaky, tough game. You know, the warriors suck, but like, I don't the know. The Warriors have been years. good at home. The Warriors are at six home, and exactly. Like yeah, exactly. even if they're struggling, they have Steph Curry who's putting up forty-five whenever he wants to. Uh, you got to make sure that you don't come out of this road trip like six games under, because <laughs> if that happens, then you're going to be like, "Oh shit, we're in a huge hole right now." And then that leaves you literally no margin for error in December and January when you're like playing the Knicks and the Hawks and like all these other teams that are like pretty much as good as the Bulls. I would like to think the Bulls are a step ahead of the Knicks. In terms of the Hawks, I mean, the Hawks are probably a step ahead of the Bulls at this point. But, you know, they're in the same tier of teams. The Bulls can hypothetically compete with those teams. Or they should be able to compete with basically anyone on a night-to-night basis. But you cannot come out of this road trip six games under 500, dude. And if that happens, then it's going to be like, what the hell? The season is really (laughs) going off the rails. And then you're talking about, okay, maybe we can get back to 500 and in playing territory when Lonzo comes back. Whereas ideally, I wanted them to be at 500, a couple games right. above when Lonzo comes back. And then it's like, okay, now Lonzo can take us up to about a 47-win team, uh, you know, once he gets comfortable returning. So rough stuff right now. The offense just sucks ass. They got to <laughs> juice the offense somehow. And defensively, like, they're never going to be a top five team. They were a top five team two days ago. All right. Or two games ago. Now they're 11th. It's like, where are they going to be two games from now? Where are they going to be at the end of this road trip? Are they even going to be a top 20 defense at the end of the road trip? I mean, ideally, the Magic are not scoring much, missing all these guys. 
Uh, obviously, after that, they play Boston. Historically great offense. The Bulls have played close twice, which is like amazing because Boston is killing everybody again. Uh, we'll see how they do in that game. But like, yeah, that's another game where Celtics could easily put up whatever, 130 on them. And then you play Milwaukee. Milwaukee's offense actually hasn't been that great, but like still Milwaukee, still Giannis. Uh, and like, I think that's in Milwaukee. So it's like, you got to win. You got to beat the magic tomorrow. Uh, it's got to happen. It was if they lose that one. And it really might be like major. Oh, time. If they somehow they lose that game, they fall to six and 10. Then you're facing Boston bucks and this West coast road trip after that. Like that's probably serious. Oh shit. Time. Like maybe this is going to fall apart. I don't want to go there yet though. I want, I'm trying to keep, yeah, I'm trying to keep some, someone's op- optimism. These last couple of games were huge duds, no doubt, really troubling stuff. But like they had been competitive. They had, they beat Boston. They beat, they beat Miami and Miami. They, uh, they went on the road and beat Brooklyn. And I know Brooklyn's been kind of whatever too, but like that was an impressive road win on national TV. And like they competed with Boston a second time. Uh, and the Raptors, they played basically kind of close both games. Like most of these games, they have been competitive. It's just that these last two were so bad. It just kind of like almost erased any of the pos- goodwill that they built up. And now they got to prove again that they're not a total joke and that they're not going to fall off the rails here. They just got to they got to keep it together and not and not totally lose this thing. Dude, we talked about this on the podcast so much last year, and I don't want to like pat myself on the back too much, but. The team would just be so much better if they could have traded Pat for Jeremy Grant. <laughs> like, I was, like, all in on that trade idea last year. I think, realistically, it was on the table because what Grant got traded for was the Bucks 2025. Yeah, it was, like, a pretty low return for him. And at the time, everyone, the people who I would argue with about this Jeremy Grant thing, they were thrown at my face. Like, oh, look, he got traded for something that's way less valuable than Patrick Williams. Well, I mean, I'm not totally out on Pat. I want more Pat. Every time I watch the Bulls, I'm like, can we just run some stuff for Pat? Get Pat involved. Let's just see what he can do. What else are we doing here? But man, this team would be a lot better with with Jeremy Grant in the mix right now. So, you know, these moves on the margins, that's where AK has been pretty rough. Uh, I still think like at the end of the day, Arturis came into this interview with Michael Reinsdorf, with whoever else, John Paxson probably, and he couldn't have been like, I'm going to tear it down and draft better than Paxson did. Like, he, he knew that ownership wanted to make the playoffs. He knew that to make the playoffs, he would have to, like, sell a bunch of future draft picks because the assets on the roster weren't very good. So that's how the Bulls found themselves in this situation, right? Like, Karnaschovas was dealt a pretty bad hand in a bare cupboard in terms of, like, getting the team back to relevancy. They looked really good for the first 70% of last year, and then it fell apart. Uh, This year, I think they can still be decent, but, like, there's just no upside and there's no margin for error. So, you know, how good does it really look? And it's tough, dude. It's like, to pull this off, they would have really had to hit on a lot of stuff around the margins. You know, if you make that Jeremy Grant trade, okay, now you're, like, in the luxury tax, too. Like, was ownership going to approve that deal to go into the luxury tax? Probably not. So bad stuff right now. I tweeted it before the game, Jason. I'm like, if they lose this game to the Nuggets, the vibes are going to be in the toilet. And they are. It just feels bad right now, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, on Twitter, just my mentions are on fire. Like, everyone's freaking out. Fire Billy trade. People talking about trade, blowing it up and trading Vooch tomorrow. 
Uh, I mean, even our group DM, we're talking about like looking at ways to just like totally blow this thing up. And like I said, I'm not there yet. And uh, I don't think this front office is going to basically bolt, bolt on this plan that they had after what a year and a half. I don't think they're going to do that. And like, unless it goes really, really, really bad, I think they'll probably play this out. Who knows what they'll do at the deadline. We'll see what happens over these next couple of weeks. It's going to be a big couple of weeks. Uh, you mentioned Jeremy Grant. Though. <laughs> right? I mean, look at his numbers right now. He's averaging 21, five and two and a half assists. He's never been a big rebounding guy. So those rebounds are low and that's just like not him. Uh, but <laughs> shooting over 51% from the field and 49% from three, like obviously that's going to come down, but like he's playing great ball. He's hit a bunch of clutch shots um and like i mean i guess like i don't know how much different how much better the bulls would be right now if they had jeremy grant on this team instead of pet uh i mean last year i think we were talking about like it when they were like rolling as the number one seed and with lonzo like maybe it makes a lot more sense but i mean i guess if you do have if if lonzo comes back and you're lonzo grant damar zach vooch like maybe it does look a lot better i don't know uh, Grant is obviously clear. Like Grant is much better than Pat right now. We'll, we'll, I don't, I'm not giving up on Pat either. But uh, after that, like nice little stretch, it does seem like he's kind of taking a step back. And like he did not well these last couple games. I guess the Nuggets game, he ended up with a decent stat line, but a lot of that was in garbage time and just still too often. It just does not feel like he's making putting an imprint on the game. And like it's not all his fault, but there are other ways. I guess he had like four blocks the other day too. Like. I don't know. It just it just still feels like he's just like not doing enough. And that's again, that's not all on his fault. Uh I I was the same way. And I mean, maybe just just again coming back to like the top guys just not being good enough right now, and maybe just not good enough at all. So we'll see. Uh like I said hand, I think for a lot of Bulls fans is hovering over the panic button. I think some people have pushed it already, which you know what, honestly, I don't blame you, given what happened at the end of last year, given with the situation right now and given the question marks surrounding Alonzo's future and his injury and the rest of these guys, I'm not going to get, I'm not going to blame you if you're going the crazy, going the uh, full blow it up panic route, but I'm not there yet. Uh, I still think they can still be somewhat competitive this season. And hopefully, as you said, get back, get into the forties range. Hopefully, hopefully Lonzo comes back healthy again, a lot of hoping no little Martin for air, but, I just, I just don't think it's like, I, like after watching them suck so much for four years and then they have they set this plan in motion. Like I just don't really want to just like push eject on this right away and then go straight back into like tank mode for another couple of years. Just this is not that all that appealing. And obviously with like this year it's with Wembenyana, like it's interesting year to tank. But like with the yeah with this year with the Bulls and with the lottery odds, like if they did try to like somehow bottom out this year, but then like if you end up fifth sixth seventh or something like that instead like and then you're screwed out of that traffic too and then what are you going to tank another year or two after that then and it's like it's gonna be just a complete wasted like decade of, of bulls basketball at this point well so, you know if there's ever a year to rig the lottery <laughs> this is it and the go. fact that the bulls didn't try to tank should work in their favor in terms of the karma the fixes in level gods right now the bulls would have the sixth pick in the draft if they own their pick of course their pick belongs to the magic unless it lands in the top four so you know if they miss the playoffs because of the new lottery system there's always a chance they could jump up yeah could I mean, yeah i guess you could argue the best case scenario right now the way that they look i guess is they just miss the playoffs like they're competitive enough but they miss the playoffs and then they pull like a d rose lottery odds win and you get Wemby. 
And, and they never got that luck when they were right. one of the worst teams in the league. Yeah. You know, when they were rebuilding, they would pick seventh every year. The reason the Bulls are in this situation right now is because they didn't get John Morant, Zion Williamson, Luka Doncic, Trey Young as one of the foundational pieces when they were, you know, one of the worst teams in the league, LaMelo Ball, uh, you know, the list goes on. So it's rough. Uh I don't know, man. What really fucking pisses me off watching this team is they just can't fucking shoot, which we knew was going to be the case. <laughs> and they can't defend the three-point line. So right now, opposing teams are hitting 38.3% of their threes against the Bulls. Uh, that's like number four in the league. The Bulls themselves this year are hitting just a tick below 36% from three. Last year, you remember the Bulls like took the fewest threes in the league, but they had one of the highest percentages. Okay, well now their percentage is like in the middle of the league, yeah, and they're still taking the fewest. Yeah. <laughs> so that really comes down to AK's draft philosophy, I think, and frugality from ownership. I did an episode on this podcast complaining about the lack of a shooting coach. Well, if you're going to fade shooting in your evaluation process in the draft take prospects who shooting is like one of the weaker parts of their skill set, then you have to develop these guys as shooters. And like, you know, you would like to think that Patrick Williams, Iota Sumo, hopefully Dalen Terry, when he's ready to see the court, have some potential to grow as shooters. They're good in a lot of other spots in terms of their frame, in terms of their defense, their passing, whatever it is. Uh, but this team really needs some shooters. And I feel like you need like, one or two just like knockdown guys. I think Zach sort of is that way. But just in terms of like your role guy supporting cast, you need yeah. like one or two guys who are just knocked down. And like shooting. Kobe's been too inconsistent. He's been hurt. Co- I mean, Kobe just kind of like out of nowhere had this whatever leg contusion, thigh contusion. And he's been out for like two or three weeks. And like we don't know when he's gonna be back. Seems like this injury was just like way more serious than I'd even realized when it's when they first announced it. And like, but even like I mean Kobe's like what like 30 I mean, he shot like 38%, I think, from three last year, but it felt like he was terrible. Because like down the stretch, he was terrible. And like in the playoffs, he was terrible. Like, I don't even trust Kobe White as like a knockdown shooter, even though like he's like decent enough at it and he has his he has his games where he is on fire and he can help you, but like not quite consistent enough. And then they just have like nobody else outside Alonzo. Uh and it's I mean, even look at the whole roster. There's still w- total wastes of roster spots right now. Why is Tony Bradley still on this team when you have Vooch and Drummond as your two main centers? Like, why is he there? Use that roster spot on cut, like whatever, get rid of him, try out a shooter. Why is Marco Simonovic still he I mean, they still just they're still just playing him in the G League. Why is he on a guaranteed contract on this team if he can't even play in garbage time at all? He's they're fucking doing the G League thing with him again. Why? Why is he why is he not a two-way player? Why is he using a roster spot when you can, I mean, the Lakers are obviously awful. The Lakers brought in f- fucking Indianapolis Colts quarterback, DoorDash slash DoorDash driver, Matt Ryan. And he's like their best three point shooter. I would even take that. Like, I know they've tried to, they, the Bulls tried to kind of try to do, do that last year with Matt, Tom, Matt Thomas and it didn't really work. But like with this lack of shooting, I feel like you had to try something with one of these roster spots and they just haven't done it at all. You got, you're wasting roster spots on bums who can't play. And then you have all these other guys who are like, I like in a vacuum. We talked about Javante, Derek Jones Jr., Dale and Terry, all these guys. Who I like ha- have some like Dan, Dale and Terry is obviously a rookie, but like m- all of them like can't shoot. And, and Io has been struggling and Pat's not like a natural shooter. Even though his percentages are like fine. Caruso can't shoot. You just have all these guys who can't shoot the fucking ball. Like 
if you're going to have that as like your main rotation guys, at least have someone else at the end of the bench who can maybe throw out there to knock down a three or two, but they can't even do that, do that. So it's like, what are you doing with this roster construction? Yeah. Ultimately like they need Caruso to hit some jump shots and to just stop pissing away the ball. He finally hit a few threes last night. He was like the only one hitting threes last night until Zach started going off in garbage time. Uh, but he's like, and they wasted that game. They wasted a hot Caruso shooting night, which like should hypothetically carry you to a win, but the three stars weren't good enough and they get crushed. Yeah. So, well, that's probably, I think we've probably ranted enough here and we could probably wrap this up. Uh, we already kind of talked about the upcoming schedule magic Friday night. Then Boston on Monday night, Milwaukee on Wednesday night. Then we had Thanksgiving, and then they, I think, believe they have OKC next Friday night. So got some interesting games coming up. Got to beat the Magic on Friday tomorrow night, and then uh, the next couple weeks after that are going to be uh, continue to be hell. And we'll see if this team how they respond to this adversity. If they completely crumble like they did at the end of last season, or if they respond and weather this storm as they keep fighting through this tough schedule. Ricky, you got anything else? Can I, we sign off here? Sign it off, Jay. All right. That's going to do it for us here at Cast Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. As always, shout out to the Blue Wire Network. We're in full swing here at the NBA season. All this great NBA coverage here on the Blue Wire Network. Please go check it out. Like what we're doing here at Cast Considerations. Please rate and review us. Give us those five-star ratings on Apple Podcasts. We're also on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts. All those good places. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Bulls underscore J. Ricky is at SBN underscore Ricky. So that's going to do it for us here. Uh, Cast Consideration Jay Chicago Bulls Podcast. We'll talk to you guys next time. This is last year's Bulls. It's not last year's Bulls, ladies and gentlemen.